Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to look at the Sacramento Kings. So Sacramento has four picks in this year's draft. They have picks 12, 35, 43, and 52. So Jalen, with the 12th overall pick, what position do you think the Kings should target first? I think it has to be like like a combo forward. Like it has to be somebody who can like potentially just another guy to put the ball in their hands and still stretch the floor and everything. Um, De'Aaron Fox is great at the one and um, he plays with a lot of up-tempo, but they need to get guys around him that can play up to him. Nobody's as fast as De'Aaron Fox. He's one of the fastest point guards, if not the fastest players in the league. But their biggest issue on this team is just the fact that they don't have guys that complement him in terms of pushing the pace of the of the game. So I think that the best way that you can do that is start from the top down. And obviously, De'Aaron Fox is at, at the point guard position, so they need to start flushing out the two through five. And I think it should start in the first round with a guy that can fill that two guard slash uh, small forward position. So... I definitely think that's where they should probably start at. So I'm thinking I'm actually going to take a different route because originally I was thinking that the Kings should focus on getting a point guard because they didn't really have a lot of point guard production coming off the bench, especially running the second unit. Um, So originally my thought was that the the Kings could select Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. But the more I thought about it, because Giles and Len and Bazemore were all going to be free agents, I think they would have to focus on trying to find a guy who can play the four, the three or the four. So I think the Kings should go ahead and select. I think the Kings should select Precious Achua out of Kentucky. Um, I think this team had solid depth at the big man position. And like I said earlier, Giles, Len and Bazemore are all becoming free agents. Achua is aggressive in the paint and he's a great rim protector. And he's shown a lot of potential to turn into a great perimeter shooter. But I think the Kings are mainly going to draft him more for his defense and his athleticism. Um, so I, I think he actually may f- fill out some of the depth depending on who they end up re-signing. And I feel like he's going to end up getting some consistent minutes off the bench. And I think they would really need a rim. I think they need a good rim protector considering the lack of depth that they may have going into next season. Um, But I think in terms of what they should do next with their 35th overall pick, they should go ahead and try to select a guard. Um, I mean, at 12, I mean, I, I went Devin Vassell. I mean, I thought between the two, three position that you still should fill that out. Um, that's no disregard to you feeling like they need to adjust the power forward position because of some of the guys they have going out the door, but they're not even top level players that are really exiting. Harry Giles has been injured pretty much every year of his career. Um, He's a guy who you kind of continue to root for, but you just can never seem to get extremely attached to him because you're always worried about what his potential is when healthy. It's kind of similar to Jonathan Isaac a little bit for the Orlando Magic. Like he's a guy that I feel like went on the court, the flashes there show you something that could become an all NBA caliber player, but 
he's just not on the court long enough. I think the biggest thing is like the reason why I wouldn't take a, a forward so early in terms of like the power forward position. I don't dislike the president you a pick. I just think we didn't see enough of Marvin Bagley last season. It was really weird. Um, with the coaching changes that they made, um, I really felt as though they were going to try to rely a lot more on their, you know, standout talent. And we didn't see a lot of Marvin Bagley, who was a top three overall pick um, just a season ago, which is really odd to think about when you put everything into perspective. Um, man, I, I think Devin Vassell meets everything that they need, especially because somebody that you didn't discuss that might be on the way out is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I mean, between him and the discomfort for, um, I mean, just the team in general, but more so a guy like Buddy Heald who could be on his way out as well. Devin Fassell steps into a role that fills both of those guys, um, both of those guys' primary position, which at one point had Bogdan starting and Buddy Heald coming off the bench. I think Devin Fassell covers up for both of the things that they contribute and gives them another ball handler. Um so I think I would actually do things a little bit in reverse in terms of trying to get a guy. I think um, going point guard in the second round is smart. Um, but I think but I think point guard or power forward is a toss-up in this case in terms of the second round. I just think that you're losing a lot more talent at the 2-3 position than what you are at the 4-5 in terms of what might potentially be going out the door. And – this is a lottery pick we're talking about. There's not a lot of lottery pick esque big men in this draft. If you look a lot of look at a lot of people's big boards, past James Wiseman, Obi Toppin, and Yakan Kongbu, the next big man who really is on most boards is Precious Achua, maybe an Alexi Pokustevsky, but they're either at the very bottom of the um the lottery pick, which does put them around the Kings area, or it's just outside of the lottery. So a guy like Devin Fassell, who's right there in the mix, might fill a, a little bit more of a position of need. But it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, and I, I mainly chose Achua because of the the questions surrounding Marvin Bagley because we didn't see a lot from him last year. He only played 13 games. So I think it was more or less trying to get some more consistency out of the power forward position because of the fact that, like you said earlier, they're not losing a lot of talent with uh, guys like Len and Giles walking out of the door for free agency. I think when we're talking about guards as well, they definitely should use guard help. And this is a good transition to the second round because Jalen, I think that there's a lot of guards that could potentially fit the Kings offense. I mean, I guess that's the interesting thing is what is the Kings offense, right? Like Walton, I think Walton has a lot to do with why Bagley did not play as much. I mean, there were the injury concerns as well, but it just seemed like Walton could never get on the same page as a guy like Bagley. And, you know, it's really interesting to put that kind of thing in perspective because once upon a time, we were saying something of, saying something of similar ilk about another top three overall pick in terms of Lonzo Ball, who continuously was in and out of the lineup couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, not playing the entire second quarter, coming back playing early third quarters, and then not playing for, until late in the fourth quarter. Like, the management of the minutes by Walton is just – it's something to take into consideration, I think, really. And um, that kind of hurts their overall production in terms of a guy like Bagley being able to burst onto the scene because we saw in um a fellow draft mate um, – 
in terms of the the big men ilk over the last two or three seasons, a guy like DeAndre Ayton, when when he was exposed to a lot more minutes, he was able to show us more of the package that we knew he had coming out of Arizona. We know that Matt, Marvin Bagley has a little bit of the ability to stretch the floor. We know that Marvin Bagley is not necessarily an athletic rim defender, but he's an athletic team defender. And I think that could be really helpful in terms of the Kings. So I, I think that it's going to have a lot to do with the way they manage their minutes. I think in the second round, though, you kind of hit it right on the on the head that you can go between point guard and that power forward position. Um, if I had to go between two guys, if I'm going point guard, I think you got to slow the roll up and go with a guy that plays with a little bit more of a controlled pace than De'Aaron Fox and go with a guy like Cassius Winston. I'm not even going to go into the long, drawn-out you know, explanations of how I feel about Cassius Winston. He's actually mocked to the Kings by Tankathon at 35. I think that's an excellent situation to put them in. Um, I think the center that they should probably go after if they're going to go to that power forward center area is a guy in Daniel Oturu out of Minnesota, 6'10", 240, um, can stroke the three, shot 36% from three uh, last season, average 20 and 11, uh, shows it on the defensive end, which could be huge for them if he if he's playing the four or the five. Um, with the two and a half blocks, uh, a half a steal per game, which I think could be played up a little bit more with more possessions in the NBA. And he shot nearly 60% from the floor. So he does everything on an efficient rate. And we're talking about a guy, Daniel Aturu, who had a 28.8, you know, usage percentage. It's a relatively high usage percentage for a center, let alone a lead guy. Um, but uh, in terms of a... Uh, big man position. So I think Daryl Daniel Aturo in a more controlled environment where, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy can actually fill a, a much needed hole at the center position for them. So between, between those two guys, I think that would be a really good way to go at 35. If not, you know, they could sling a guy like Aturo at 43. So I think they should definitely focus on, guard in the second round like I was mentioning earlier um I actually think uh Devin Dotson from Kansas could be a good fit for Sacramento he's a great player coming out of a great program at Kansas he's a great offensive player in this draft um a reliable finisher at the rim and I I think one of his strengths is that he's so quick to make plays on the court I, I think he's able to fit on an up-tempo offense and push the pace and push the pace a lot like a guy like De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think he almost makes it difficult for opposing players to guard him. And he's also like so quick on the defensive side of the ball and can hold his own as a defender. Um, I think he's a guy that can definitely provide an offensive spark coming off the bench and possibly run the second unit for the Kings. Another guy I would look out for is Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas, a great three-point shooter and definitely can help fill out the shooting guard depth for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, I think both of those are really good. Um, I think Devon Dotson, the only thing that concerns me with him is he seems more like a defensive point guard in this league than an offensive point guard. It might have a lot to do with the fact that we didn't see, see him shoot relatively well from three. He was injured a good handful of the year, too, so I can't really put too much on him for that because the sample size is relatively small. But I think that's a good one if you're trying to make sure that you're maintaining the kind of pace that De'Aaron Fox plays with. He's not nearly the kind of up-tempo player that De'Aaron is, but in terms of being a guy who plays with a little bit more up-tempo and speed, 
I think Devon Dotson could be that guy. I think Isaiah Joe um, might actually be a better scenario in this case out of the fact that that three-point shot is something that's hard to argue with. We talked about Isaiah Joe a little bit more than most people probably have. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that he's a knockdown shooter. Um, 89% from the free throw line is also very respectable in terms of it being at a translate. He shot 40% from NBA range. So that's another thing to build on. But you know off rip that Isaiah Joe is, I mean, it's 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 easy to say he's gonna be a three and D level uh guard in the next at, at the next level. I think it screams Danny Green in the terms of the pick. I mean, nearly 17 points per game, nearly a steal and a half per game, shot 35% from three, uh, 36% from the floor. I mean, the 36% from the floor part shows you that he's kind of a specialist in this league. You know what I mean? He's a guy who's going to step in. You're relying on him for top of the key, corner threes. He's a kickout guy. De'Aaron will be able to compliment with a guy like that off the rip because he's a guy who relies heavily on athletically driving to the rim and finding guys that he can dish the ball out to short. So I think Isaiah Joe might be a better fit um, as a guy next to De'Aaron rather than having to play a guy like Devon Dawson off the bench, which is what you would essentially be having to do. Um, so I think, you know, again, there's a lot of weird positions that the Kings are going to have to address. Um, they have a lot of draft picks to be able to address them, but um I like Isaiah Joe. I honestly like that one. I, I may even like him a little bit more than Cassius just because of the fact that um, they need somebody who knows what their job is. The Kings are very confused. Um, I hate to, like, rag on them in any crazy way, but they're a team that seems extremely confused about what they want to do with their young talent and how they want to build them up. And Isaiah Joe is a guy kind of like Devin Vassell, who I talked about earlier on, where you could plug him in. And he kind of knows exactly what he's supposed to do and when to do it. So rather than going through the last two picks, Jalen, this team has a lot of uh, questions to address. What are they going to do with Bogdan Bogdanovich? What are they going to do with Blake Heald? Are Alex Land and Harry Giles and Kent Bazemore all going to walk in free agency? Jalen, with that being said, with the last two picks of their – with the last two picks – what do you think the Kings should target next? I mean, honestly, it's really weird. Like, you can't say BPA because, like, down this late in the draft, like, there's still so many different routes that they can go. Um, I think the easiest thing to do on my end is honestly just to, to target guys who you feel are plug-and-play level. Um Ironically enough, I tried to do this with a different team, and I think that it actually works a little bit better in this in this respect, that um, the Kings have 35 and 42, and Tankathon has Cassius Winston at 35 and 43 being Xavier Tillman. I think that's extremely interesting. I think that's something that coming off the bench, they'll be able to handle um, – directly coming out of uh, a program like Michigan State. They both understand what their roles are supposed to be. They both are plug-and-play players in terms of being NBA-ready, um, pick-and-roll partners, which is huge. Um, I think the continuity is there, and the know-your-role mentality has kind of got to be something huge, especially in the second round. So I think past pairing Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, the way Tankathon has it right now, actually would be really interesting and relatively smart. Um, 52... Uh, Tankathon has a guy like Sam Merrill there out of Utah State. I really don't hate that. I think that my only thing is I feel like 
maybe they're attacking the guard position a little too much. But when you have the, the thought process that a guy of the talent of Buddy Heald, who might be the third best shooter in the NBA right now, going out the door um, via trade potentially, and a guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was one of the, you know, young ascending two guards in the league who really could probably produce on a team, been rumored to teams like the the Lakers, for example. There are two high profile guys that are going to be very hard to replace um, so I can't really blame uh, a, sub, a site like Tankathon for aiming so hard for the guard position, but they're losing a lot of talent there. Sam Merrill, Sam Merrill late um, in this draft, I think that would be a huge value pick at 52, nearly 20 points per game, nearly a steal per game, four rebounds, nearly four assists, shot 41% from three, 46% from the field, nearly 90% from the um, free throw line. I mean, he's a guy who could be, you know, a 50, 40, 90 guy in this league, very Malcolm Brogdon-esque, and you would get that kind of value late, 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 late in the draft. So I think the biggest thing is the Kings, like I said earlier, they're an extremely confused team. I can't sugarcoat it. They're just a team that does not seem to have any direction and Vlade Divac stepping down as a uh, president of basketball operations may help alleviate some of the confusion, but I think at in the weird times that we're in and the not so long off season, they're not going to be able to address a lot of the things they need to head on all in this one off season. So I think through the draft, their best chance is to just get guys who are plug and play. And that might, that might involve getting a lot of guys who are seniors. So the Sam Merrill's, the Xavier Tillman's, the Cassius Winston's, that might just be the play. I'd probably throw in a guy like Caleb Wesson as well out of Ohio State, especially considering that, like I've been mentioning on the podcast already, that there's a chance that you are going to be losing depth at the power forward position and at the center position. So it would definitely be important to try to target a power forward late in the draft. So, of course, we always end our, our podcast, our draft analysis series with this question. And Jalen, I want to ask you, what do you believe that the draft philosophy of the Sacramento Kings will be going into draft night? Make a choice. <laughs> Make a choice. I think it's, I mean, it sounds really vague, right? But it's like the circumstances, the situation revolving around uh, Bogdan, Bogdanovich is huge because you have to pick between him and Buddy Heald. I really think it, that's what it comes down to. Buddy Heald was, was pretty much subjected to becoming a bench two guard despite being one of the better three-point shooters in the league. And that had a lot to do with the fact that Bogdan seemed to fit the system that Walton wanted to play a bit more. Um, I genuinely believe that the decision they make between Bogdan and Buddy Heald will tell us a lot about the direction that they plan on going in moving forward. I think if they let Bogdan walk and they choose to keep a guy like Buddy Heald, they're telling us that Bogdan is a guy that they feel like they can help uh, they can help build or build around uh, De'Aaron Fox with, and he would be a really good domino to fall. I feel like by choosing Buddy Heald, you you lose a, a, a significant chance at being able to acquire some talent that fits more around De'Aaron Fox and a guy like Marvin Bagley. Because I feel like Buddy Heald is a guy who fits a little bit better on a championship caliber team. I think he's a guy who has an extremely uh, valuable role 
on uh, teams that desperately need three-point shooting. And I think that you could acquire a lot in, in conjunction for him. So I think I think their biggest thing has to be their choice on those two because what they do with those two will have a lot to do with the uh, further outcomes we see from the Kings moving forward. So, Jalen, I know we talked about, you know, when we were talking about the Knicks, that the reality of the situation was they haven't made the playoffs since 2013. They haven't made the finals since 1999. The Sacramento Kings have not made the playoffs since 2006. It's been nearly 14 years since this team has made the playoffs. So how so, – so this matters because they need to build the pieces so that they can try to – make the playoffs the west is only getting more difficult and sacramento needs to figure out how they can make how they can build their team so that they can make a playoff run and there's a lot of there's a lot of great players in this draft that aren't being talked about so sacramento needs to take advantage and pick up some of those players guys like sam merrill or guys like sam merrill guys like caleb wesson guys like cassius winston guys like xavier tillman they need to take advantage so that they can try to make a playoff run. I mean, the, I mean, the draft scouts and the GM are going to really have to get their money's worth this offseason because I know it's a short one. I know it's a weird one, and I know the money is going to look really crazy with a lot of things that have taken place. But if this team – I don't even want to discuss playoffs with this team because of the fact that they're not one of these younger West teams like – like the Mavericks, like the Suns, like New Orleans, like Memphis, that seem to have some kind of direction. I think they need to pick a player they want to build around and start building because they, they – I feel like they just haven't even made that choice yet. Like, that's the thing. There was a time where Harry Giles was one of those guys that was very promising and they were speaking on him extremely highly. Then they go out and grab a guy in Marvin Bagley who – relatively does a lot of the similar things that Harry Giles does, except it seemed at the time that he was on the court a little bit longer. Um, De'Aaron Fox is a very prominent guy um, in this league. I still think that he can be um, a lot more than what he comes off as. I think that he's disregarded as one of the better young guards in the league because of the fact that he plays for the Kings and they really haven't gotten him anybody to really help out. I mean, his backups in terms of point guards are, Yogi Farrell and Kyle Guy. I mean, those are the primary guys who are going to play up behind him, and that's not really saying much. I, I mean, you know, this is a really weird situation for them because they just have been very dysfunctional for so long that even trying to put them in a playoff mix sounds too dangerous because they haven't even picked the spot. So they need to pick their direction and stick to it. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what do you believe the draft philosophy – of the Sacramento Kings will be going into draft night. This has been a great episode today of the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.